I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. I'm Ashley Chancellor. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast, so whatever you have, be it dabs, be it blunts, be it bongs, be it joints, smoke it if you've got it. What's going on, everybody? Oh, not much. Just enjoyed the the movie we just got back from. I mean, that was that was a lot of fun. Another at the theaters episode, right, guys? Oh, it was it was a lot a lot of fun. It's always great to go to the uh, Silverado 16 Theater in San Antonio, Texas. It's off Bandera Road. Off of Bandera Road, yeah. And we saw Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, the final nail in the coffin of the Skywalker saga. saga. Right, Episode Nine. Wow, and it, it it's pretty mind blowing that this is like 40 years coming. You know, I mean, and we finally have a definitive conclusion to Star Wars proper. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, Return of the Jedi was a conclusion in its own right and Revenge of the Sith, a conclusion to its own story. But somehow Rise of Skywalker tops it all off and and puts a nice little cap on this entire nine film cycle. And I, I definitely think it is a cycle if you think about it, you know based on the the rise and the fall of, of empires and republics of the Jedi and the Sith. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, in the end, this is something that I want to make perfectly clear going into this. As far as Star Wars is concerned, I am more or less a neutral observer. Like I've said before, I'm not really like a huge Star Trek fan or a huge Star Wars fan. It's just, you know, I just never really aired one way or the other. I uh, see. I'm, I'm both. I'm both a huge Star Wars fan and a huge Star Trek fan. And that's fair enough. I'm, I feel that. I'm glad that you can do that, you know. Like but, a, I think I'm more of a Star Wars fan. I think I'm a fan of like the William Shatner episodes of Star Trek, though, you know. Oh, th- those are great. Or, yeah. you know, the next generation of Star Trek. Remember that, dude? Oh, yeah, Next Generation. Oh, I watch that fuck on yeah, TV man. like every day. Fanboys, Robert. Fanboys. Fanboys, Fanboys. yeah. Fanboys, everybody. Yeah, yeah, this has a little bit of a parallel with that because, I mean, remember, that was a snapshot of a specific point in time when Phantom Menace was about to come out, you know? That, that was an entirely, completely different cultural zeitgeist at that moment, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember, you know, the critical reception after Phantom Menace, not dissimilar to... I guess kind of the critical reception of this uh, sequel series, you know, of Rise of Skywalker, of Last Jedi. I want to go, you know, right off the bat and say, I'm not going to go with the critics on this one. The critics loved The Last Jedi because it subverted expectations because it was something different. I don't hate The Last Jedi. I, I think it's fine. I, I don't have an issue with any Star Wars film, actually. I love the prequels. I love the sequels. I love all of it. They're all great, man. 
but you know, obviously, I, I do feel that there were some decisions in the story making process. And again, it's a very well directed movie. It's a very well written movie for what it's trying to achieve. But its addition to the Star Wars canon has some unsettling narrative choices. And I feel this is why I like the Rise of Skywalker. I feel that Rise of Skywalker, in a sense, redeems those choices. It it backtracks on them, but it doesn't completely invalidate them. Yeah, how do you feel it does that? Like, like how, how, how do you feel, like, especially with The Last Jedi and how the fan reaction was to all of that? Well, I don't want to go too much into it because I, I'll spoil the film, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there are some things that very, a lot of fans were unhappy about. One of those was the treatment of Luke as a character. Another one was the dismissal of... Ray's parentage, which seemed to have been something that was built up in The Force Awakens, is that she seemed to be connected to someone. And also Snoke being this this mysterious character who's unceremoniously killed off in The Last Jedi. Again, these are great subverting moments when Kylo Ren suddenly kills Snoke. And when or or when um you know Ray is revealed to be from nobody, or when Luke tosses the lightsaber and, and retreats and becomes, you know, this cynical character definitely explores new things. But is that what star Wars needs is star Wars, a film series that needs to change or has star Wars survived so long because of the nostalgia and because of retreading the past. I think that's probably the one thing that has kept me on the fence as far as star Wars is concerned is because of how unchanging it is. I mean, in many ways, it's it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it means that for the most part, you know what you're going to get when you watch a Star Wars movie. You know, there, there's a certain arc to it. There's a certain look to it. There's a certain way that the writing of the screenplay is put forth, you know? Yeah, and, you know, I definitely think that both, you know, all three of these, The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker are all well executed movies the direction that the script takes i definitely think that there is a lot of empowering moments throughout this trilogy don't you agree robert oh yeah it's a lot of history repeating itself really yeah definitely and and beyond that even i mean just just as standalone movies um there's a lot of purpose and there's a lot of meaning and i, I think it's important to recognize the value of those things we know Star Wars isn't perfect. I, I kind of wish people would stop holding up the original trilogy as this, you know, on this godly throne because it has just as many plot holes and odd narrative choices and, and cheesy dialogue as as the prequels and, and as the sequels. And, and I think people need to remember that. That's what part of gives it the charm. And mm. when we hate on characters like Jar Jar Binks, we, we you know, fail to remember that Basically, Jar Jar Binks is no different than C-3PO as an annoying comedic character. You know what I mean? No, Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord in hiding. Uh, that's true. Oh, I've seen those pictures. <laughs> total Sith Lord, like 100%. He looks good as a Sith, actually. He, he actually does, yeah. I mean, it's actually kind of scary how that... It's weird. How, <laughs> how uncanny it is, honestly. <laughs> they made a they made a reference in the Mandalorian, which I, I've you know been watching lately. Great series, by the way. If you do love the original trilogy, you'll love the Mandalorian because it really has that feel. But um, yeah, they they make a reference to it. They said, you know, what what's hiding under your helmet? Is it? Uh, are you a Gungan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and they're like, oh, are you so scared to show your face? 
<laughs> that that is amazing. It would be amazing if he actually was a Gungan somehow. <laughs> but you you know what? I mean, I really enjoyed these three movies. Like I watched them within a week of each other. Actually, like uh-huh. I, I watched Force Awakens when we were originally supposed to go see this movie. Like it was here at your house. So you're gonna see this without having seen either one of them. I was, uh, yeah, I was about oh, to. Wow. You would have been completely lost. Yeah, you would I have mean, lost, completely, actually. exactly. But I'm glad that I did because I mean, it did really put together a lot of. It, it put a lot of pieces to the puzzle together for me, you know, and I really like the overall story. Yeah, in, in and of itself, you know, I mean, I'm not going to give up any plot points to it, but. I think that the way that this movie ends is just perfect. Just like, I mean, I actually like the ending of Last Jedi as well because it kind of establishes a little more hope. It's a very hopeful ending. Yeah, that's one of the things I do like about The Last Jedi. And about this movie, I think definitely the ending was very, I want to say anime-esque. Kind of, sort of, yeah. I mean, with with, with Rey and, and, you know, facing off against the villain of this movie. and um, Darth Sidious. Pal- yeah, that, that, that's that's uh, revealed in the opening crawl, so that's not really a spoiler. No. Yeah, I mean, people yeah. have already seen this already. So. so Ian McDermott is back as the Emperor slash Chancellor Palpatine slash the uh, Darth Sidious. Sidious. Yeah, it's like we're just not going to reveal exactly how that goes down. But yeah, I mean, we all knew from the trailer that he was going to make a return. I mean, it's all laid out in the opening crawl in the first five minutes of the film, basically okay, cool. his his role here. But but yeah, that final showdown, and then there's a very I want to say portals esque moment, a la Avengers Endgame. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I portals. think so. Yeah. And 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 it's a very empowering moment. And I'm a sucker for those kinds of things. You've got binary sunset playing, you know, alongside a lot of these moments. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like the ending as well. I thought it was a nice little bow. Um, does the movie move a little bit fast? It's incredibly fast paced. I mean, it was just like bam, 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 bam. Yeah. It, it it does, but I never felt lost. I gotta say, I don't agree with that criticism because I was able to follow the plot the whole time. Yeah, the the plot was still easy to follow, but I can kind of get the criticism where you know it may seem like it's a little too much at all times. You know, I mean. Okay, I, I don't disagree that it, this could have been split into two movies. Yeah, it probably should have. This would have I've been this would have been great as like a Hunger Games style like two part ending. It would have been perfect. That that's kind of what's criticized the most is how much plot there is, and then also that the idea that J.J. Abrams completely you know invalidated Ryan Johnson. But people forget that Ryan Johnson completely reversed and backtracked, you know, plot points that were set up in The Force Awakens by J.J. Abrams. Um, he did it just to be different. And subverting expectations is good, but subverting expectations for the sake of subverting expectations, I don't know. I think that's somewhere where I, I, I don't necessarily agree. And that's why I'm glad that J.J. Abrams still recognized The Last Jedi and, and the story choices that were made. You know, didn't completely invalidate them, but you know, brought the series back in uh, the way that he wanted to, the way that he envisioned, and the way he set up in the Force Awakens. I, I definitely think this would have gone a lot more smoothly with the fans had there been, I guess, more of a plan set out, or maybe just one director. I mean, honestly, Ryan Johnson did a great job. I think he would be better suited for, say, his own trilogy or his own spinoff. 
Star Wars movie. I, I would like to see what he would do with a DC movie. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be kind of interesting. Lord knows that series needs some talented writers. <laughs> it does. I mean, we, we saw the Wonder Woman 84 Ooh. trailer. It looks pretty good. There, yeah. it, it actually looks really good. Yeah. There's also the Black Widow trailer that played. Oh, that was really cool as that well. That looks pretty good. Yeah. Good, good old Scar Joe, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everybody needs to see under the skin. I don't care who you are. See under the skin. You know what else, too, and I think a lot of people don't don't recognize this, is how many plot points started in The Last Jedi that J.J. Abrams does pick up on. The whole raised temptation, you know, for the dark side yeah. is picked up. You know what I mean? Like um, uh, Return of the Jedi, mostly. All these endings are mostly Return of the Jedi. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah That's I, pretty I, awesome. And there's a very, very clear homage to Return of the Jedi with... You know the set of the Death Star. Yeah, that and and you even hear you know kind of the, the music in the background. It's in the ocean, looking like Planet of the Apes or something. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a cool moment. You like know, the Charles Heston moment where he sees like Statue of Liberty sticking out and as a, as a battle set piece. Yeah. You know, it's 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 really a lot of fun. It's pretty damn cool. Indeed. I mean, a lot of the set pieces in all three of these movies were really really like heart pounding you know yeah and, and, and also really really good sci-fi set pieces in their own right oh mm. no definitely and mm. that, that's at the very heart of star wars yeah a lot of people forget about the actual sci-fi element of star wars uh, like that, that or at least the way that i see it you know once again neutral observer here but that's kind of what i get the feeling it's of. it's very sci-fi fantasy yeah, yeah exactly yeah. that was a big thing in the 60s actually where they painted everything orange yeah, yeah th there was definitely a fantastical <laughs> element to a lot of the sci-fi. Like you era. see that with uh, a lot of Star Trek, like all their rovers and their weapons, everything's like, even like Lost in Space, everything's yeah, orange. Yeah, but you know? look how Star Trek actually influenced real life in so many ways. Mm, you know, especially te technologically speaking. Hell, I'm, I'm, I'm holograms. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure that a holodecks won't be a thing in another forty years. Yeah, <laughs> I mean seriously, Holocrons. guys, did you know? that Carrie Fisher did not record a single scene for this movie. All of her footage is unused footage from The Force Awakens. J.J. Abrams was going through, and they realized that there was enough unused footage of Leia to um, rework the script. In, in some cases, they were able to rework the script around her. And it, it definitely shows. I, I think if you, didn't, if you don't know... Her, her scenes in there are very natural, but coming into it, kind of being aware, if you look at it, you can kind of tell. Uh, yeah, there's a certain continuity errors that kind of pop up. Well, just kind of her, you know. her interactions with other, other characters, you can tell yeah. that there's not a two-way going on there. But again, I don't want to take away from t doing the impossible and taking um, you, you know today's technology and allowing them to, without digitally recreating her or recasting her able to you know cast carrie fisher in the role um and i think that's important i think they they worked with what they could it's an instinct feeling the force brought us together People will fight if we lead them. 
keep telling me they know me. No one does. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So, you know, one thing I, I think I would have done maybe a little bit differently with the trilogy, but then maybe it would not have worked as well <clears throat> as it did um, in the end, is that uh, it kind of looks like each character, you know, from the original trilogy kind of had their own character arc each movie. You had Han acting as the mentor character in uh, The Force Awakens. You had Luke being the mentor character and essentially taking on the role of Master Yoda in... Um, the last Jedi. And then you had, um, Leia taking the role of mentor in this film. Honestly, I think it would have gone better if Leia's role was in the last Jedi. And then they saved Luke for being the mentor at, in the last movie would have been interesting. Definitely. It would have worked better with God rest her soul, you know, Carrie Fisher's, you know, passing away. But uh, other than that, I mean, it kind of seems like, you should save the the biggest for last, but but then maybe you know it wouldn't have had that parallel with with you know like I said Luke being basically Master Yoda. Yeah, he's basically Obi Wan Kenobi now. Yeah, I think that's probably a little more accurate. Is that he's the new Obi Wan Ben Kenobi? Well, I don't know. Han kind of takes the role of Obi Wan in a sense. You think so? Yeah, because Luke is the hermit that Ray goes to visit to complete her force training. You know, that she kind of has some sense of in the first movie, but doesn't has no idea how to hone it. So she goes in the second movie to visit a hermit who finishes teaching her the ways of the force, but ends up exiting her training too prematurely and falls into a trap. Just like uh, Empire. Just like Empire. You see what I'm saying? It's the same situation. So completed his training before he left. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Luke yeah. definitely fills the role of Yoda. No, you're right. Yeah. A lot of people didn't. I, and I, you know, that's one thing that the last Jedi got was that it was it was too different. And yet, in a lot of ways, it does retread the Empire Strikes Back. I think where it kind of subverts expectations is where it kind of throws in a little bit of Return of the Jedi at the end, and then goes its own route. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then this movie is left to kind of 
tie-in. Again, like you said, still a lot of parallels with Return of the Jedi. A lot of the endings are the same, right? With Darth Vader and then Sidious right there. So Yeah. So I, and I think that's what JJ was kind of intending. But also it also does its own thing. Only Kylo Ren is the new Vader, right? He is, and, and he's and conflicted, the, and she wants to Darth redeem Maul. him. He's basically Darth Maul and the new Vader. Yeah, and Palpatine is Palpatine. Yeah. yeah. The, I was yeah. actually kind of pleasantly surprised by how they presented Palpatine at the end of the movie. I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. No, no, no it was definitely very interesting. Um, and even the way that they do, in fact, address Snoke. Yeah, in that, the very beginning. Yeah, that, that's actually really interesting. I mean, I don't think that it's a particularly strong plot point. I mean, of course, of course, that's what happened. But you know, it it almost makes me wonder if that was what was intended, or if you know, J.J. Abrams did intend Snoke to be the big bad villain, and you know, Ryan Johnson changing that in the Last Jedi was one thing that he ended up having to change that worked out for the better. But then there's so many things that, I mean, this movie really does tie it all in together. And I what I really like is making the emperor the mastermind again, making him pulling the strings all along really brings new definition to the Skywalker saga because he's been doing it in every single movie. Yeah. The yeah. emperor is pulling the strings or, or, you know, Palpatine is pulling the strings in the, the prequels. Um, the emperor is the emperor in the originals, you know what I mean? And then just to tie it in at the end, I mean, this honestly should be the, the Palpatine saga, right? Yeah. When you really think about it, you're right. I mean, and, and, I mean, it, it was an interesting way to tie Palpatine to the characters themselves, which was actually pretty cool, I thought. And the, the twist in this movie, you know, involving Palpatine in particular, if you guys yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was something actually a lot of fans, it, it didn't come out of nowhere. A lot of fans were theorizing that. I didn't expect that. Man. That was crazy. I, I actually had seen that theory before. So, I mean, I don't want to say you can't say it completely came out of left field because people guessed it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not surprised that that would be a pretty prevalent fan theory going from Last Jedi. But at the same time, it did surprise me because it's not it's not what I would have thought. But again, not invalidating what Ryan Johnson did and, you know, keeping in line with his resolution on that. One of the things he changed in the story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But not. Do you understand what I'm saying? Saying sort of this thing, yeah. this thing that I changed in the last Jedi that JJ set up is still true, but yeah. here's what actually was being set up in the background. Yeah. I, I kind of get what you're saying. So I definitely think that was the right way to go about it. Yeah. I mean, w once again, I really don't know how much of a, of a dog I have in this fight, you know, especially how the Star Wars fandom is, you know, just kind of toxic as it is, you yeah, know, very. They, they expect too much. You know? Yeah. But I mean, j just from a actual moviegoers perspective, I mean, it was entertaining. The characters were engaging, like, and I'm talking all throughout the, the actual Skywalker saga. Mm hmm. You know, and I mean, I really, really like a lot of the action. I mean, it was definitely, you know, cinematically well done. I mean, basically what I'm getting at is I don't get the backlash. I, I don't get it. I don't get where it's yeah. coming from. I didn't either. I watched this. I came out of the theaters with no expectations. I saw this the night after release night. I hadn't heard anything about it. I came out of it thinking, gee, the fans got to love this. I mean, yeah. it, it's great, right? They have to. Yeah. Because so many people complained about the choices made in The Last Jedi, which I agree with, but I don't think it's a bad film. 
And I think if you don't like The Last Jedi, you should love Rise of Skywalker. And oddly enough, that's not what happened. I think a few critics who really liked The Last Jedi, you know, did not like this movie. And I think it influenced kind of public opinion and people came into it with a jaded perspective of, well, I'm not going to like this. Well, wasn't the Rotten Tomatoes audience score a little higher than the critic score? That's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So which, which tells us that, you know, even if you, you may think that there's some plot issues here, which I don't actually agree with all of those criticisms, it's a fun ride nonetheless. And that's what Star Wars is all about. Again, it's not perfect. It's I don't know if it would meet Scorsese's you know, standards, <laughs> but it it's cinema nonetheless, because um, it engages the audience. It's emotionally captivating. I don't understand why anybody would complain about nostalgia and appealing to fans and fan service. That's what people want. That's what makes people happy. <laughs> well, I mean, then again, you still have people bitching about releasing the Snyder cut of what was it? Batman versus Superman or whatever. Or Justice League. Oh, I might as well. It's, it's like it's probably going to suck. Well, yeah. I mean, who cares? Snyder obviously didn't do a good job with Batman versus Superman, but whatever. That's neither here whatever. nor there. I mean, I mean, it's, it's just kind of indicative of where the fandom for Star Wars is going. You know, like, for instance, uh, this character Rose Tico. Like, that was a huge controversy. Like, the, the, the actress was actually run off of social media because of it. Really? For a little while. And it, it was It was because she's just not a normally attractive female character or something like that. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I found her to be an adorable character. Honestly, yeah, I thought she was great. You know, they did kind of reduce her to the background a little bit. And I wonder if that may not have been big time some yeah. response to the fan backlash, which was a stupid backlash to begin with. It was. It there, was. There was absolutely no reason for it. But, you know, again, when you go into a lot of the choices that uh, Abrams made in this movie to cater to the fans, how are you going to condemn him for that? I mean, first off, you were the same fans that were crying, saying that Last Jedi was horrible and needs to be removed from canon, an opinion I don't agree with, despite the fact that I recognize the narrative flaws to the canon as a whole. But yeah, you want to have these same people that were bitching about that now saying, you know, that Abrams is just, is just, yeah, he's just, he's just trying to cater to the fans. That's what y'all wanted. <laughs> what? Like, I don't understand. Why would you complain about someone wanting to, to give the fans what they want? Exactly. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you're yeah, supposed to yeah. do as a director. You know what I mean? So it's kind of silly. And obviously, I think when it gets to things like reducing this character of Rose to the background. Okay. I mean, that that's... I mean, obviously, I don't necessarily. But then again, there's so much packed into this movie that we really didn't need another major character in there anyway. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's enough going on with Poe and Finn and Ray, you know, where any, anything else is kind of getting in the way. And that's that's kind of something I saw a little bit with The Last Jedi. Like, for instance, Admiral, what's her name? Hol Holdo. Holdo. It's like, I felt like that she was a little bit of an impediment to the story for a little while, but then she, she, then she kind of turned around and actually did what she was there to do. She redeemed know? herself as a character. She redeemed herself as a character. Exactly. And, and I, the, the Holdo maneuver, which they address in this film, the Holdo, that, that's what they're calling it. The Holdo maneuver. Yeah. Which oh, is wow. so stupid because 
so stupid that people were upset about this. They go, oh, why didn't they just use hyperspace ramming in any of the other movies? Because it was a last-ditch effort, stupid. It wasn't something that you would normally do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, strategically speaking, I mean, it's literally the ultimate kamikaze strike. It's the ultimate suicide mission. And she knew that. And, and it was it was something she thought of in the spur of a moment. And they even addressed it in this movie. It was like a one in a million chance. And and she still pulled it off. She pulled it off. Yeah. And, and it led to temporarily taking down Snoke. I mean, not that that mattered in the end, but, you know. It didn't. And if there's anything I've learned about Star Wars, does anything really matter? <laughs> I no. mean. No, not at all. D- Darth Vader, you know. And Anakin fulfilled the prophecy and destroyed the Sith, bringing balance to the Force, only for the First Order to come back some 30 years later and... Do it all over again. You know, Palpatine never died. Or he did die and came back. Or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Supposed to have gone down with the Death Star. Right? Which begs the question, did he fulfill the prophecy? Yeah, did yeah. Did he destroy the Sith? Luke blew up the Death Star once, and then they repaired it in Empire Strikes Back. So, like, Return of the Jedi, right? Destroyed it, really? Yeah, because it was like fully operational too, and they just got it back working. Yeah, it's kind of mind blowing to think. It's like, wow. I mean, that's is that a plot hole? I mean, w- what's going on here? Destroy, destroy the Death Star twice. Yeah, they had to, and then and, and then two separate movies. Yeah. And there's Starkiller Base in the Force Awakens, um, yeah, which is basically the bigger, Death Star, bigger than the freaking Death Star. And then this this movie goes in completely other direction with Death Star tech. Um, again, won't spoil that, but definitely um the next evolution of that yeah let's say let's say it's more galaxy ending in a sense yeah oh no definitely the stakes are are definitely raised um within the first few minutes of the film and that culminates in the finale considerably and and i think that that probably kind of justifies the fast pacing of the screenplay and everything is that you know i mean it's urgently building up to this you know powerful what's supposed to be this powerful ending of this 40 year saga you know so i mean i can kind of forgive it for you know getting to that point a little quicker than it did in the last couple of movies it did and, and yet we're still left with almost three hours of movie and and a lot of content to follow going from here to there there's even like two MacGuffins in the movie right yeah i mean that's pretty much what that that one little map thing was they do get a map just like in Last Jedi, which is a little Yeah, no, I I I see what you mean. C three PO plays a much bigger role in this one. Oh yeah, that's right. And he was a delightful <laughs> character once more. And again, he's he's meant to be an annoying annoying comedic character. If it works for him, I don't understand why it doesn't work for Jar Jar. But C three PO definitely steals the show when he is there. There are lots of laughs. Oh, definitely. Plenty of humor in this movie. I did really enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah, so did I. I mean, I really, really liked 3PO. I, I liked the new droid that they brought into this, Dio. Dio. That and was really cool. And and he ended up being a integral part of the plot. Yeah, no, definitely. Then um, there's a droid in, in the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game um, who definitely fills that role as well. I've been playing that a lot lately. Nice. Speaking of which, that's going to be our next episode on Collateral Gaming after Death Stranding. Yeah, yeah. We, we may as well go ahead and start wrapping up and get to those plugs. So what's your final thoughts, Ash? Rise of Skywalker has got to be, I think, my favorite Star Wars film now. Especially after seeing it a second time, I can really reaffirm that. I 
thoroughly enjoyed all of it. Um, I, I definitely think it was the perfect way to end not only this trilogy, but the Skywalker saga. I definitely think um, there's just the right amount of nostalgia um, while also introducing new elements and, and creating a, a new story, you know, for generations to come. And I think it may be more fondly remembered in the years to come after the initial backlash kind of sets off because people are now starting to kind of appreciate the prequels, especially Revenge of the Sith. And it took how long for them to get to that point? <sighs> Longer than, than, than it should have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, what are your final thoughts? Initial final thoughts. I will go see this movie again. I think I'm going to take Jesse, my brother. Anyway, yeah. yeah, it's you have to see these Star Wars movies on the screen before they're gone. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to see these movies, the, the first two on the big screen, but... I think I saw The Last Jedi with Ash. Yeah. And Dakota, who is and Dakota. notably missing. Yeah. yeah. Absent. He watched the movie with me. He's here at the house. He's just sleeping. He's asleep. Sleep. Missed out. Wait, let, let him sleep. He'll, he'll be back next episode in the new decade. He's just the Denny of the podcast. Yeah, he just uh-huh. likes to watch. <laughs> God. He likes to <laughs> hey, watch, guys. By the way, there's a room reference in this movie. Oh, is there? Yeah. He, he says, can I kiss you? Can I kiss you? Is Clearly, that, is that confirmed as a room reference? Clearly, J.J. Abrams is a huge fan of the room. That is oh, confirmed. that is true. He, that's, yeah, that's confirmed. Yeah, that's, that's right. He's at the beginning of the Disaster Artist. Oh, is yeah. he really? Yeah, remember he's he's one of the uh, people that are being interviewed. Damn it, maybe maybe oh, that yeah. was an intentional right. homage it in its own way. Been, it could have been. Right. I was just joking, but I mean, yeah, yeah, that could be true because honestly, <laughs> it would be interesting to confirm that. <laughs> Can I kiss you? I kiss you. Well, any anything else, Robert? What do you, what do you think? Um, yeah, that's a great way to close it out. Other than what was it, the Last Jedi and uh, Return of the Jedi, which is one of my all-time favorites. You know, I just you know I want to I want to get the original VHS unedited, unremastered, and go back and watch those again. You know. Oh yeah, that that's always good. Honestly, and my final thoughts. I mean, especially coming from a neutral observer, I liked these movies. I liked this movie in spite of some of the pacing issues you know it didn't really detract from anything i really like the characters of ray i and finn and uh, poe i mean that that's actually a good little core unit i guess you could probably put kylo in there as well kylo yeah yeah travolta <laughs> travolta this motherfucker but yeah i mean i really really enjoyed myself with all, with all three of these movies. And I, I'm glad that I actually kind of held off on watching the first two until this one came out. I mean, I think it gives me a better appreciation for it, you know? Definitely. Oh, yeah. Now you got to go back and watch them all now. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. I did. I, I did a marathon. We started with episode one. I do believe in watching these in episode order. George Lucas numbered them for a reason. Chronological order works. Exactly. So we watched them. I watched all the way from episode one to episode eight. And then we watched episode nine in the theaters. You know, my family. I went over. It was an entire one day venture. I fell asleep several times, but. <laughs> wow. We, we no came way. in at night and we watched the movies all through the next day. Man, that that's amazing. But it, it was it was great. 
The only thing is that I, I kind of wish, and I, and I tried to do this, but I, I kind of wish I was I would have been able to watch Solo and Rogue One in the middle there, too. Yeah, yeah, I still haven't seen Rogue One yet. I've seen Rogue One. I haven't seen Solo yet. Rogue One is really good. Uh, Solo is also really good, but Rogue One is actually really uh, critically well-received. Whereas Solo, I think because of the so-called Star Wars fatigue, is often overlooked. And it's actually not a bad movie. That, that was a movie that had quite a few problems behind the scenes, like... Didn't it have Lord and Miller attached to it as far as directing the guys who did the Lego movie? I don't know. And, th- and th- that turned into a whole debacle. But but anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Like, I definitely recommend seeing this movie and the other three movies. I mean, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go ahead and give it a score out of five. Like, what do you think? Five. Five out of five, yeah. Definitely. Five, five out of five? For the cultural impact that is Star Wars and being the perfect wrap-up for that. Um, and I don't give that score lightly. I mean, it's a standalone film. I don't know. I mean, maybe it would be a 4.5. But as as a Star Wars film, and for all the cultural legacy, 5 out of 5. Everything that stands behind it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I concur. Although, I mean, I think I would give this a 4.5. Just straight up. 4.5. You know, just, just to err on the side of, you know. Could be better. One, one thing being neutral about it, you know. And yeah, it probably could have been a little bit better. Pacing wise, I think that the series, the trilogy as a whole, could have been a little bit better. There's a couple things that would end smoothly, but given the hand that was already dealt with Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, Lorais Skywalker definitely made every choice that it could as perfectly as it could. Well, all right, with that, we're going to go ahead and end this episode. Go see Rise of Skywalker, especially while it's still in the theaters. Last, last Star Wars movie from this particular storyline last time you're gonna see it so all right with that said i'm bo maddox i'm robert ortega i'm ashley chancellor and this has been collateral cinema see y'all in the next decade yeah see you in the next decade collateral cinema collateral gaming new good things coming from both of us stay tuned stay tuned Collateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.